Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and I am back with another solo podcast. I keep hearing from listeners that you like this format, so I'm going to keep mixing it up and uh, do some, continue to do some of those interviews that I've done for years, but uh, also mix it up with uh, some of these solos. So this month, depending upon when you're listening to this, it's January 2018, and I'm talking about strategy. I think January is always a great month to talk about strategy. And I want to narrow in on one particular topic uh, today, and that is the idea of an ideal client. You get to choose who you want to work with if you do so. So let me ask you this. If you had the chance... Right now, if you have clients and you had the chance to chuck them all and be able to go out there and say, I can work with anyone I want to work with, would you still be working with who you're working with today? Now, experience tells me maybe some, but probably not all. And I think that really comes from the feeling that you know anybody who buys what you do or anybody who needs the products that you make or sell is an ideal client. And you've learned, I'm sure, over time that some people are and some people are not. And I think what you have to do in order to get your marketing strategy started, really, and on course, is you have to think about how you can narrowly define, more narrowly than today, I suspect, your ideal client, what they look like, what their problem is, how they uh, want to be served, uh, what they think value is, uh, all those things. And I'm going to talk a little more about each of those. But you have to get to the point where you are so sure about how to describe that ideal client that you are also defining who is not your client. So let's say I wanted to refer business to you. Whatever your business is, I've got friends, neighbors, and colleagues that need what you do. And so I came to you and I said, hey, I want to send some uh, some folks your way. Uh, I really love what you're doing. How would I spot your ideal client? Now think about that. That is one of the greatest places to start when you're thinking about how to narrowly define your ideal client is if somebody came to you and said, okay, how would I spot that person? <laughs> Could you define describe you know all the characteristics about your ideal client in a way that I'm probably going to say, oh, okay, yeah, I know a couple people like that. That's what you're really after. Another way to look at it is, because some people, it's funny when I do a lot of uh, speaking that I've done over the years, uh, you can just see the light bulbs go on depending upon the way I define this. So a lot of people that how would I spot your ideal client makes a lot of sense. But then there are other people that I say, look, Think about your best customers. The one where if I said to you, what would happen to your business if you had 10 or 12 or 20 more exactly like that? And you can see a lot of times people say, well, yeah, there's definitely a percentage of my clients that I'm not really happy when the phone rings and it's them. Uh, but there's certainly a percentage of my clients that uh, that I love it. I love working with them. I enjoy serving them. I really love spending time with them. And I think that that's what you want to, that's the ideal situation. Um, and, and it's possible. In fact, I think it, it's the only way to have a long-term successful business, but it's really important that you develop the habit of understanding who that is, going after that person, identifying them and, and uh, building your entire business really around attracting them. Now, when you're just getting started, 
and this is a hard part. Uh, I have a lot of uh, uh, consultants that are just getting started, uh, becoming part of the duct tape marketing consultant network, and many of them are coming out of corporate. Uh, and they want to find – they've heard this advice. You have to narrow your ideal client or target market, or you have to carve out a niche. And it's very difficult to just sit in a room and say, here's my ideal client, or here's the niche I'm going to go after. Now, you may get lucky and be able to define that, but what I've experienced is that you start with a hypothesis, and over time, if you pay attention, you'll learn who you like working with. Your ideal client will find you, uh, partly because of how your business evolves, because of how your messaging gets tighter, because of the results you're getting for people like them. Um, and so I take, you know, I'm going to take the pressure off a little bit, or at least try to, uh, by suggesting if you're just starting, you don't have to have the answer to this. You have to have an idea, and you have to try to prove that hypothesis, but mainly you have to pay attention, because I know a lot of people that have decided that uh, they love working in certain industries or in a certain niche, and they had no idea they would. It just found them. They started working with a couple of clients like that, um, and they discovered what they really enjoyed doing. Now, if you do have clients... And I work with people that have been in business for years and still haven't defined this idea of an ideal client. So what I typically try to do with them is to, is to get their client base. And in some cases, they might have 20 or 30 clients. In some cases, they might have a 1,000. So it, it obviously depends on where you are. Uh, but I want you to look at kind of stratifying your uh, client current client bases. What I mean by that is uh, rank them uh, by profitability. And when I do this with people, I, um, the, I often help them discover that there is work that they're doing or a segment that they're serving or a product that they are uh, or service that they are uh, still um, engaged in that maybe they did when they started, but it's not something they focus on anymore. It's not really profitable. It's kind of a drag on the business. And so in some cases, you can identify some things you should stop doing. But also what I find happens is that a lot of businesses don't realize that there are certain segments of their market or their community or certain you know demographics that they do most of their business in. And so that's step number one. Uh, the, the step number two that I love to apply, the second filter, is this idea of uh, actually looking at those folks that refer you today. And what I've found is your most profitable clients who also refer, typically what's going on is... Uh, they're profitable because they were the right fit. They had the right problem. <laughs> they went after the right service. They uh, uh, really engaged in and allowed you to do the work uh, that that uh, you knew you needed to do. And so consequently, uh, they were profitable. But also, they're referring you because they like you. They like doing business with you. They like your people. And, uh, um, you know, there are some people that are just wired to do that. But typically, if people have a great experience, uh, they're, they're going to be more inclined to refer. So what are the common characteristics of your most profitable clients who also refer you today? What I want you to do is think about more narrowly defining who makes an ideal client for you based on that uh, discovery or based on the, the fact that you did some analysis on your current customers. Now, this doesn't mean you're never, ever going to serve anybody else, but it does need to become the filter where you go out and you start prospecting, where you change your messaging uh, to attract that ideal client or those client niches or those industries uh, that you specialize in. Because there is 
a, a real practical reason for this. Um, you've already just decided or determined that they make an ideal client based on profitability and referral. But there's also an expectation that once you start narrowly defining who makes an ideal client for you, you can then go to work on on more narrowly defining what their problem is and your promise to solve that problem. And I've said this repeatedly. I think in many cases, clients don't really, they're not looking for our products and services. They're looking to get their problems solved. And the person who can define the problem the best quite often is not only the one that gets the business, but in many cases is paid a premium uh, as well. So uh, some very, very practical reasons to narrowly define your ideal client. And uh, the primary reason people don't do it is that they fear that they're going to turn potential business away. And I get that in the beginning, certainly when you're just scratching for any business you can get. But over time, you're going to discover that turning that business away is the most profitable thing that you can do. So let's get into some some deeper specifics about uh, defining that ideal client for you. So it starts with things like demographics, you know, businesses. Uh, if you're working with individuals, you know, ages. Uh, you know, maybe you predominantly serve females. I mean, so those are the kinds of things that a lot of people kind of go towards uh, when it comes down to uh, to narrowly defining. Uh, their audience. And those those are important, but I want you to think of, uh, about, and, and if you've got a pen and paper handy, <laughs> write these three things down because this is going to be some analysis that, that you may want to think about, you may want to talk with your people about. There are three things, three categories that I love to, uh, to try to get on the books. First is the must-have. So you're going to have must-have, nice-to-have, and ideal. So those are your three categories. And the must-have... You know, if, for example, in my case, uh, my must have is you have to be a small business owner. <laughs> um, uh, so, so obviously those are some, you know, some must have type of things. You must have the budget to afford what you sell or what, in my case, what I sell. You must have the decision making ability. And then you can get into breaking down, you know, the types of businesses and, and, um, you know, other requirements that you put into the must have category. The next one is nice to have. Again, in my uh, world, if somebody, if a business owner has a marketing person internally, they may not be a strategic marketing person, but if they at least have somebody that is doing Facebook for them or doing the newsletter for them, that is a great nice to have because I can actually add even more value by helping them manage that person. So that to me is, you know, once I get through the must haves, then I start looking at uh, nice-to-haves. Now, ideal starts to get into more of behavior. So the owner participates in their industry. They are active in their board. Uh, they are very interested in having uh, other outside professionals other than, than marketing. I mean, those are the things that, you know, if I'm starting to describe my ideal client, those are the things I want to break it up into. So those must-haves, I mean, that's, those are deal breakers. Uh, if they don't fit in the must-haves, you don't talk to them. The nice-to-haves, you know, those are the ones that maybe you're going to put in a little extra effort to try to uh, um, to build a relationship or to try to get in front of. And then obviously, if you've got some of the nice-to-have, or I'm sorry, the ideal-to-have, um, 
then that's somebody maybe you want to go out and really prospect and you you want to uh, focus a lot of time and attention and give them value uh, over and above you know any of what you might see as your normal marketing because that's somebody that's going to be an ideal client. Now, once you have that ideal client, so you have the must-have, the nice-to-have, and the ideal-to-have, and you're able to kind of wrap that into a nice, very descriptive, how-would-I-spot-your-ideal-client kind of statement, then you could start to move all of your targeting to that. So if you're building Facebook audiences, you can move to that narrowly defined ideal client. All of your ads should be speaking to that ideal client. You've you've probably heard people talk about personas. And, and in some cases, you might have a couple ideal client segments. Maybe you sell different products or services. There certainly are businesses where they have to, real estate agents, for example, they need buyers and sellers. So those are probably different people. Uh, So it's okay to have multiple uh, personas or multiple ideal clients. But once you have those, they need to really be the basis for all of your language, uh, all of your website copy, uh, all of the ads, uh, so that you are clearly articulating the problem that that ideal client has and how you're uniquely suited to solve that problem. When you do that, when you make the basis, that strategy of defining an ideal client, the basis of all of your marketing, guess what? You get to choose who you want to work with. And I'm here to tell you that will make life a whole lot better. That's it for today. We love those reviews. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note if you've got questions about uh, today's topic. Uh, And make sure you visit the Duct Tape Marketing blog at ducttapemarketing.com because I've got this entire strategy month mapped out to where we're going to share everything you need to know about building your marketing strategy plan. Take care. Take care.